podcastjuice.net Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Prince Podcast. My name is Michael Dean. Joining me today, Big Sexy and Sax, sir, how are you? I am wet. It's raining like a solo gun down here for some reason. Oh, okay. I was going to say, cl- clarify that. <laughs> that, that can mean a number of things. So it's raining in Cali. I thought it never rains in Southern Cali. Southern Cali. Oh, I'm in North Cali. Ah, got it. Well, speaking to us from Southern California, Mr. Ampoo, sir, how are you? Man, it's hot. And like our boy Prince said, just when you think you got more than enough, just when it all ups and flies away. There you go. I, I like that. I like that. Uh, brother is on broke. Can't be. You big balling, big time social media strategist. Come on, brother. Yeah. Like, like the old boy said, more money, more problems. It's like everything, want to take your money. Hmm, I ain't got some problems. <laughs> but anyway, uh, let's get into it today. We got some Prince news to talk about. And the first thing. Uh, that I wanted to get into, I see going online, is this whole business with title and uh, MPG and the estate prints and streaming music and, and everything. Uh, I think earlier in the week we saw that title uh, filed some papers in, in, in the court system. Uh, and we'll get into this in detail, but I think, you know, obviously they were saying that, hey, we, we had a deal with Prince to uh, stream this music and have the exclusive rights, blah, blah, blah. And then a few weeks or a few days later, uh, we see that uh, MPG Publishing or or the estate for Prince has also filed uh, some papers, I think, trying to get an injunction to uh, get title to stop, you know, streaming his Prince's music and his catalog. And also, I guess, trying to sever any any ties with them uh, for whatever deal may have been in place. And also, to go back a little bit, I think a few weeks ago, we saw the uh, news story that uh, MPG uh, and, the, and the Prince Estate have signed a deal or are in, a, are in agreement to sign a deal with Universal to handle their publishing. Uh, and that sort of opened the door and the question started you know, asking, does this mean that Prince's catalog of music will show up on other streaming sites, uh, such as like what Apple google play and spotify um but of course we remember prince uh when he was alive pulled all his music off of all the other streaming services and aligned himself with title so that's what we're going to get into and let me also say for those who don't know big sexy and sack is actually a lawyer so you're going to hear uh negro babble from myself <laughs> <laughs> And 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 Pooh, I'm throwing you in that bus too. But then you know, we also do have a lawyer on hand, so we are coming with, as we like to say in the streets, facts. Uh, we will be coming with some facts, and we have the paperwork here as well. So with all of that said, I'm going to turn this over to Big Sexy. So Big Sexy, if you can, let's start at the title uh, paperwork, and, and what was title going to court to do? All right. What title is doing? They went to court. In fact, we pulled this one up here back on a week ago, Friday, and filed a claim for an allowance of additional relief. They did this in County Carver, County of Carver's District Court. They did it in the probate department instead of straight civil court because this is 
you know, rooted in a probate matter, which is his estate. Now, what Carver, what uh, Title wants to do is they want to continue exploitation of that catalog. They say they have, I'm going to paraphrase here, an agreement in principle. They do, but they don't. Uh, NPG got one of this and said, hold on, hold on. NPG goes to district court, you know, this week with with a with a claim saying, look, title has violated the agreement that they did have, and they've overstepped the, the uh, boundaries of that said agreement. Now, what they showed as proof is this. Let me get this up here. Uh, NPG says title back in October of 2015 entered into a contract with Prince for exploitation. I'm just using that word for a uh, d- digital streaming rights of two his, his next three albums hit and one hit and run one hit and run two and one that has not you know been out yet which is fine and that was to start on god where's the date here well it started put it that way subsequently after prince's uh untimely passing away on his birthday of this year they released 15 albums on their service that was done outside of the bounds of the contract. Title says they had a quote-unquote agreement with Prince to do that, which may be true or may not be true, but in, a, in any sense, there's no documentation to support that. So, MPG went to court and said, no, we can't do this. So we're not only going to stop you from those 15, but we're going to pull these other ones as well until we figure it out. That's where we are. Now, Universal comes into this, because they are administrating okay, okay cool they're doing an administration of his catalog now I looked into that in fact I just read a book and I have to give a shout out to Jill Jones that she recommended on the show that her manager had written so I read that book now <clears throat> I'm not a music lawyer but what I've learned is this when a person is administrating the publishing that means they are taking care of like the covers uh, live performances and putting it in movies and things of that nature. It doesn't necessarily address streaming. So now that UMG is doing the administration and the breakdown is generally 50% for the for the holder, 50% for the administrator. So UMG is going to be out there pimping his music, which is fine. I don't know how that affects title, but since he did own the master recordings as well as the publishing the estate will have control over that. So at some point, they may want to go to a, maybe a title again, or maybe Spotify and things of that nature, and work something out. But the thing with title was, they had exclusive rights. Because as, as Mike said earlier, Prince had pulled everything else off, everything everything else off of everyone else's uh, streaming service. So now that they've lost that, that ex- exclusive right, this could hurt them, you know, in the pocket. But at the same time, if they get it back and work it out, they can be okay, but this could have been resolved without things getting into a court battle. You know, someone should have called someone and worked it out. Now that we're at this point, this may be beyond the point of return for those two parties. Now, what, uh, uh, so also putting in the mix, uh, MPG Publishing, I don't know if that's the actual business name, uh, and the Prince's Estate, they have filed for an injunction against oh, yes. title do you have that one kind of what because they were saying things of uh 
that they're they're continuing to exploit you know the 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 assets and the music and that they are actually in copyright infringement uh i think that was the basis of what they're saying is that title is is uh, you know infringing on their copyrights by streaming this music by putting out i guess an additional 10 or 15 albums uh this past june it says it right here on page eight paragraph two uh, the court, blah, 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 will prevent Rock Nation from reproducing, distributing, and publicly performing the Prince pop copyrighted works other than those in the Hit and Run Phase 1 album. So when they put out that stuff back in June, those 15 albums, problem. Big problem. So from what this says, they'll let them do the Hit and Run album, the first one, not the second one. But other than that, no. Put it down. And they want to they want money damages for profits for uh, playing those albums too, or the statutory damages allowed under the under the uh, copyright act, which could be a lot of money. This is huh. gonna get this is gonna get heavy. Yeah, and now, so here, here's here's my sort of take on this. Now, I can imagine uh, that a company like Universal, you know, very big corporation, uh, tied to a lot of different things, I can see that they probably had a very large check said yo let's let us you know let's get get in business together partner up and do this publishing thing you guys have been doing it yourself like i believe correct me if i'm wrong but didn't universal used to do princess publishing at one point and he you know a few years ago pulled it back and said i'm do this whole thing myself my own company so he He had done business with them before oh yeah uh for whatever reasons he felt it was in his best interest to not do business with these people right and I'm going to mm-hmm. take care of it myself. I remember when he had the big press release, the MPG publishing was in effect. And you know, if you want to license my songs, go to the website, blah, blah, blah. And now that he's not here anymore, you know, here come, you know, there's this opportunity now. This is something valuable. I mean, it was valuable before, but now it's like, okay, here come, here they come. Yeah, so I was like, here they come. So here they came, right? And, you know, the, the, the family and the estate, they got to do in their best interests. Obviously, there's a lot. They need to make a certain amount of money to keep things going, and they want to make a profit. And here comes this big corporation. I'm, you know, This is my speculation. Hey, I've got a fat check here, and we can make this thing grow, right? Which makes a lot of sense. But my thing is this. Prince himself specifically aligned himself with title. Now, I don't know the details of how many days or whatever this and that and the other, but I know that he is on record in many interviews championing title, Jay-Z, you know, he's, he felt like they were respecting him. Actually, I think I got a quote here. Matter of fact. Uh, Jay-Z, uh, Prince says this, he says, after one meeting, it was obvious that Jay-Z and the team he has assembled at title recognize and applaud the effort that real musicians put into their craft to achieve the very best they can at this pivotal time in the music industry. Title have honored us with a non-restrictive agreement that once again allows us to continue making the art in the fashion we've grown accustomed to and we're extremely grateful for their generous support. And I've seen other things where he talked about uh, Jay-Z and Beyonce in particular and how people would always pick on them and he felt like, you know what, I believe in what they're doing and, you know, and he even mentioned Spotify. It's like, yeah, I'm pulling all my stuff off of there. I understand that some of my fans, you know, their playlists went zip, <laughs> but you can find them on titles. I mean, 
So I'm just saying, like, he went on record to ride for this company and, 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 and put himself in line with them. But I asked this question when they talk about the albums and stuff. I, I want to know, how did they get all those albums? <laughs> like, originally, Tidal put the uh, major label works of Prince, I believe most of the uh, Warner Brothers stuff, uh, minus Sands, like, uh, you know, the Gold Experience, I don't think was initially up there, and, and certain few little ones that no other streaming service had either. But all the albums that were currently digitally available, they showed up on title, you know, and we all remember that day. Uh, how'd they get those albums then? Like if, <laughs> okay. And then the albums that they put out uh, this year, the 10 or 15, these are the more sort of obscure ones from a, a, a real Prince fan's uh, perspective. You know, they put up uh, the MPG album. Uh, they put up, uh, you know, the... Uh, was it Chocolate Experience? I, I'm fumbling the names right now. But the MPG Music Club material, which was never on any service before. Like, how'd they get that stuff then? If they was in, like, did Prince just say, yo, Jay, here's my catalog. Hold on to that for me. <laughs> you know, like, well, this is Prince we're talking about. Like, he don't just be letting people have his music. That's why I'm just like, he gave them those those albums. Like, there's no way they could have gotten, there's no way that, I don't believe they were bootlegging those albums. So they must have gotten them from the official man himself, which would mean there was something on the books for them to put those albums out. Again, again I just question how they would get them. So I'm wondering if it's a situation where, and you know how Prince did. He, he didn't do stuff that made sense to everybody else. He did what his heart told him to do and what he really, just what he wanted to do, even if it wasn't the most financially for everybody else, it made sense to him. And I think this is one of those cases where Prince was doing Prince to sign up with Jay-Z and them for his own reasons. But looking at it from a company, trust, estate level, yeah, they would never sign an exclusive deal with an underdog service like that when they could get way more money with these other people. And I'm thinking that's probably the gist of this whole thing is they want to get out of that and get it on Apple and Spotify and get all the deals they can get so they can get more paper, which I'm not necessarily mad at. But on one hand, you got a question. Are they actually really respecting Prince's wishes? Well, there's two different things here. Um, <clears throat> the people who administer the trust, the Bremer people, they have an absolute duty to make the trust profitable. That is their job, period. Now, having said that, it's very likely, knowing Prince and how he did business, as we all do, that he and Jay-Z probably had an informal agreement to go ahead and do this. And the timing of his passing kind of put all that stuff out of whack. Because it's a possible scenario is he gave him all the music and said, look, here's the music. So when you're ready to break off that paper, go ahead and get it started. Or take this in good faith. I trust you to get me you know, what we talked about on my end financially or something like that. But the one thing that is consistent is that he was with title from day one. He was really supportive of them. In fact, didn't he do a, he did a streaming concert only on title. Yeah. I think from, from Baltimore, right? Yep. Yeah. So he was definitely really behind them. So I don't think that 
there's any chicanery on title's part, but in the eyes of the court and the law, we we need to have proof of this. That's the thing. There's no existence of that agreement, and so <clears throat> Bremer is doing what they're doing with the information that they have. Right. That's where that's why this is getting a little bit out of, out of uh, control here. Uh, if I can chime in, sure, go ahead. Uh, just based on uh, some of the quotes that. Uh, Prince has made about Tidal and some of the stuff that he said about other record labels and the music industry, uh, call it slavery, um, one of his masters or your or the masters are on you and things of that nature. I really just can't believe. I really just cannot believe he didn't have something more tangible in place for the release of his music and just acted on good faith. I just really don't believe it. He he was about his, he was very protective of his music. He was about his business, and um, I just can't say that he had that much trust. I don't think he has that much trust in anyone, let alone Jay Z, who owns a percentage of title but not all of title. To say, here, hold on to this music. No formal agreement in place, and on top of that, they title owes him money. Something just Allegedly. sounds. Okay, I'm sorry. Allegedly owes them money. <laughs> and something just doesn't sound right. Now, did he give them specifically a certain set of albums and they will work on uh, down the line? They will work on when stuff would be um, released? I can believe that. And then after his death, and they were probably talking with the uh, the Prince Estate and whoever was is running that, trying to get more music up, uh and they just said, well, screw it, they're, they're playing hardball, so we're just going to dump it on now. I can believe that as well. But for the most part, I just find it hard that he would have such blind faith in anyone when it comes to his music. I, I, I kind of agree with you. I mean, it's like, he's, uh, you just look at his record. Like, he doesn't, he ain't giving up nothing for nothing, for free. I mean, I thought that, that was his whole point, it seemed, in his later albums. Like, yo, these labels ain't trying to pay me my upfront money like I'm used to, so I'm not giving them my stuff. So I would be shocked that he handed over the catalog to somebody without getting his paper first. And, I, you know, I remember, uh, what was the young man who produced the last few Prince records? Joshua Prince? Welton. Joshua Welton. I, there's a, I remember there's a comment from him in one of his interviews, and he was like, point blank, we would title because they paid us what, you know, we were worth, man, like, they was they broke us off properly, and that's why at the end of the day we over there. And so I was like, yeah, there ain't no way Prince is just gonna be like, hey, Universal or some, Warner Brother, here, hold on to this and cut me my check out. You know, let's figure it. Out. Nah. So I don't know, man. But I guess I, I understand that it's probably gonna be on Jay and them to come with them that paperwork or something. something. You know what I'm saying? Which is it, which is unfortunate because I do believe Prince was all in with them to a degree, but now that he's not here, you know, there's not a will and certain things probably aren't written down. Again, I don't know if they're written down or not. Who knows? I, I'm curious. Who are the business partners on Prince's side that were talking with him? You know, I mean, I know he didn't necessarily have a formal manager or something, but I know there was somebody else there who knew what was going on and was probably with him when he went to meet Jay and them or something, even if the producer cat, I'm sure he might know what was popping off. So I'm curious if they'll bring these guys into the courtroom as well, because uh, MPG, they want to, they want to go to trial on this. They want a jury yeah. trial, right? <clears throat> MPG wants a jury trial. 
Um, so I guess we'll see what happens. But again, I respect the estate. I understand what they're trying to do. But I just my whole thing is this: I'm riding whatever Prince is riding with, and and I like uh, title now. I don't use it anymore, uh, but I did for a while, and I respect it. But you know, I don't know. It's it's a tough space to be in, I guess, for them. Both sides, I guess, have to, you know, do their thing in court, right? Oh yeah. And that's I mean, one thing you pointed out to me um, when you mentioned Joshua Welton. In later years, Prince had, had allowed him, of all people to actually produce his album. So maybe Prince was getting to a point in life where he wanted to uh, be a little more trusting of other people. And so that could suggest that he was a little more trusting of Jay-Z because of their relationship to get that paper you know, on a timely basis. Because up until Josh, no one had produced Prince. Not Wendy, not Jimmy and Terry, no one. And he let this you know unproven kid pretty much take a swing because of something... You know, some way they connected. Maybe had that same type of connection with Jay Z. Yeah, anything's quite possible. Um, I, I, I'm curious to see what happens. I guess as we speak, the albums are still on title, right? Uh, yep. They're only still. on title. Uh, now, you know, like I said, I, I don't even use title anymore. I'm a, I'm a strong Google Play user uh, for my own reasons, uh, and they're not on there. But again, I'm a fan, so I have all this stuff. It doesn't. Really, matter to me if they're on there or not but I understand for MPG for them lucrative you know for the money wise yeah you would want it on as many places as you can get I, I can imagine you know, Apple or one of these places would probably be like I got a fat check for you <laughs> if you want to come over here right I mean they would probably roll the red carpet out you know uh, and they have the resources to do that kind of stuff I wanted to also ask you guys this question, and and shout out to uh, my girl Susan on uh, Facebook. I think she asked this earlier this week. Well, and this is my opinion: Is there like there seems to be a lot of uh, hate or distrust to Jay Z and Title or something? When I see some people, it's like good. I don't like, but I'm like maybe I missed something. But what was the thing that he did or why do people and this is my opinion why do people feel like that like is there some reason why there's the Jay-Z title hate or something I don't well from a user standpoint or a consumer I I have no idea now I could see why someone from like Spotify or Apple was out there you know hating on him because they're competitors but for someone in the general public to just rip the guy I, I have no idea I'm not a I've said this before. I'm not a fan of his music, but the guy's business sense is right on point. You know, you got to respect that. And he's out there fighting, you know, the good fight against the big corporations and winning. If not winning, holding his own. I don't know why people would be so negative on him. I I don't get it either. I think uh, maybe it all stems from the launch of Tidal and how it didn't go so well. And he put out this diss track. Um, against Apple and Spotify and chastised black people like, wait a minute, uh, <clears throat> if I can recall, he chastised black people like you're spending money with uh, on, with, for Steve Jobs and stuff and these other people, they ain't black, why aren't you supporting me? And it was just like, whoa, whoa, that's, uh, no, dude, you can't go there with that. And maybe there's still some ill will from those statements, 
But other than that, I, I really can't see why people are uh, getting that uh, Jay-Z f- and, and title for that. Hmm, I, I do remember that, now that you say that. I do remember him doing that song. I somewhat sort of agreed with it a little bit. <laughs> but I can see how some people would... I, I guess I could see how some people could take offense to that. But, I, but I never, I'm not even seeing any, like... I'm seeing, you know, not black people or I'm just seeing all people seem like it just seems like there's this like this automatic kind of like, oh, he doesn't deserve it or he wouldn't know it. But, you know, when the news came out, when they, you know, and I guess this was an erroneous, erroneous news story, but that Jay-Z was trying to uh, buy the catalog or there's the rights for 40 million dollars or something. It was like I can understand that the amount of money might not be what you expect. But it just seemed like it was more so about him, like he wouldn't deserve that or something. I was like, it just it boggles my mind. But now you know, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say this. Yeah, go ahead. And, <laughs> and our and our partner is not here, but you could always, or not always, but you can look at this in the same sense of people thinking that Jay is not qualified to run a streaming type business, and thus he's getting a lot of the haterade, like our new president elect. He ain't done shit yet. But he's getting a lot of heat. So when Jay-Z came along and said, I'm doing the whole streaming thing and this is how we're going to do it. And then there was a problem when it first came out. A lot of people, you know, man, you messed with my playlist, man. Damn. And he, he caused some backlash for it. Now, I tend to oversimplify things. I'm, I'm with, with Mike in this regard. I have the music. So a streaming service don't mean shit to me. But if a person wants the music, it's out there to get so I don't know why people live and die with the, the success or failure of a particular streaming service. But to personally attack Jay for trying something new, that's just not cool. Yeah, it, it's uh, I, I, now I know what it is. <laughs> well, we're not going to have that conversation. <laughs> I just want I want somebody else to tell it. And, and y'all can read behind the lines of what I'm saying. But yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, it's like I think title was was cool. Like I said, I, I signed up to it on the strength. You know, when I say that, I meant, oh, okay, this is something Prince is doing. And I, I had heard about title already. I knew what it was. I said, yeah, let me go ahead and sign up. You know what I'm saying? Let me put some money on the books. I'm going to stick, stick around for a while and see what they, what they bring, you know. I think I stayed on it for, I, I don't know, I might have been on it for like six months straight or something like that. At the same time, I'm still with my Google thing going on, streaming service. Um, and I couldn't leave the Google one because the thing for me with Google is uh, not only do they have all the music from stream, but all of my music that I've had over the years of my own personal collection, I have uploaded into that as well. So, you know, I'm not going to leave all my music. Right. It, it, it's up there. And some of the stuff I don't even I don't physically have anymore is on Google Play. So my whole collection is there so there's an incentive for me to keep uh keep staying over there but when i was at title i thought it was cool you know they had a few things over there that they didn't have on google play uh and it's probably just a licensing situations but i was like cool okay this is cool and then of course they had the prints and they had you know i, I think it's cool that they have the more artist type of curated playlists and and they have video uh and all that kind of stuff so I was like, it's a cool service for what it is. And of course, you know, with a guy like Jay and Beyonce, they're so integrated uh, with other artists and, you know, they have relationships so they can have all this exclusive concerts and stuff that frankly are just not on any other service because 
you know, they're tied in with Kanye or whoever, you know, some of them I even pay attention to. But I know if I was a younger person, I'd probably be like, yo, this is where everybody's at. And I'm a fan of their music. Yeah, I'm over here. So, you know, it's not the best service. I think they all sort of have their faults, but shit. I mean, if nothing else, it's artist driven. I mean, isn't that what we at least more of the money supposed to be going supposed to be going to the actual creators and not just some huge corporation in the sky. So I, you know, I'm not mad at them, but we'll see what happens. I probably at the end of the day, they're probably going to lose that prince because that's such a big catalog and there's so much money and you got these other corporations biting at the, at the you know, they ready to strike. <laughs> well, there's one way that Jay could hopefully um, salvage this is, and I'll be to partner up with someone else with a little bit, little bit deeper pockets and it's not like he doesn't have a Rolodex. Right. You know, I'm sure Jay can make some calls and, you know, get on that level money-wise if he needed to and he felt it was a... Uh, a warranted effort. Yeah, it would be a it, it would be a fight, definitely. Uh, I mean, he's not without resources. True, true, and and you see, you know, I think Kanye has expressed this numerous times that he's wishes that you know, I think he said he wanted Apple to just buy title so that they can stop fighting and the music can go out there to more people. So obviously, there is this this fight between you know, you got the Apple on one side and probably essentially anybody else and of course their pockets are huge on apple side and they've got a lot of connections you know yo you can come over here and we can put that album out exclusively and write you the biggest check you can ever think about right or you can go over there if you want but you're not getting this kind of money in the resources that we got so it's a you know it's a big sort of i think there's a it's almost like a civil war of this streaming thing and this in this music rights that's going on, and as we see with a lot of different content stuff, there's these huge companies that can come in and let's you know let's buy that company out or let's shut up set up shop and do this. I mean you know look at Apple. I mean it's, it's a huge thing. They got Jimmy Iovine over there now. Uh, Dre, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, heavy hitters over there, and of course they got Apple's resources and money. They can, they have they come in and you know we buy this whole thing out. But the thing is though, people I mean, <clears throat> hopefully people who are working with Prince's estate on this, along with the family, they know where Prince thought about the whole Apple deal. They're like, no, nah, because Apple don't want to break him off proper. So the last place he'd want his music is Apple, and I hope they realize that. True, but he didn't want to work with Universal either. Well, <laughs> and they're right back. <laughs> that check got cut. I'm sure. It's like, well, hey. <laughs> so I don't know, man. That's, we'll see, man. But uh, I guess we can just sit on the sidelines and uh, see what pops off. The other thing uh, that is coming, uh, new print stuff, I believe it's coming out next week, right, is the new Greatest Hits compilation album, uh, Prince Forever. Uh, is dropping, I guess, is it next Friday? Or, or are they putting it out on Tuesday, which is... It's usually Tuesday, well, new, new, albums, new albums usually come out now on Fridays. It started that a little while ago. Um, sure, I'm out of the loop. Yeah, I kind of forgot about that, but then I was like, you know, you're right. They do come out on Fridays. I noticed when they pop up on uh, Google, like the Bruno Mars came out yesterday. Yeah, yeah, Bruno came out yesterday. Um, so anyway, yeah, Prince Forever, and uh, as we get close to the release, 
we've already saw what the track listing was going to be, but now uh, we're getting little glimpses of that photo book that they talk about that was coming out. And some of the initial pictures, to me, look like a lot of the pictures we've already seen. Some of them, even pictures that we've seen in the hits uh, CD. B-sides. Yeah. before. Um, I'm curious. I don't know if we've ever really talked about this on the air, but, but uh, Aunt Pooh, man, what do you think about uh, this greatest hits release? Is this something that you're going to try and get? Uh, Aunt Pooh? Have we lost Aunt? All right. Well, okay. I'll step Sorry in. about that. <laughs> oh, there he is. This freaking app is. Uh, anyway, uh, for me, no, I'm not. Um, I have my collection of all the Prince albums from For You to um, Hidden Run Phase uh, Two, and this this doesn't excite me. I mean, I don't know what am I going to get with this. That's good. That's that's really going to make me say, yeah, let me drop down some money on this. The book looks nice, but I mean, I have um, the Jason Dapper. Is it? Yeah, I think it's Jason Dapper book. And uh, I have the uh, Pierre Nelson book. And that, to me, those look way better than what I'm getting from the, the few glimpses of pages that they've uh, put out. And, you know, Moonbeam Levels, I've heard the song. And I'm not that impressed, even if uh, even if they do master it better or give you give me a better sound quality. I know I should be Prince for life, but you know, I, it just rubs me a, a little bit the wrong way at how they're uh, pushing out pushing this thing out so soon after his death. I mean, I get it. It takes a lot of money to to manage Paisley Park as well as his publishing and everything that went along with it. The family probably aren't living that great, and they're probably still sorting out everything to do with his money and everything to to take care of them. But it just it just rubs me the wrong way with regards to how um, quickly they're getting this out. It seems like a cash grab. They're getting it out right before Black Friday too. So I'm, this is a pass for me. All right. Uh, Big Sexy, what about you? Well, I'm looking at it now, and apparently this is coming out on Tuesday the 22nd. Okay. And it's like Ange said, all this stuff is gathered, with the exception of Moonbeam Levels, ah, from Warner's stuff, which is pretty readily available out there if you can look online or in a record store. And Moonbeam Levels, I have it. So... Now, is this version you know, fully mastered and all that, like on, on the CD? No, but I have it. And so I understand why they did this. I don't want to say it's a cash grab, but it's a cash grab. And that's fine. That's fine, because this really sets the way for them to do the Purple Rain Expanded. That's what we're waiting on. You know, when they do that, and if they do it properly, that will sell oodles of copies. But for me, and for, you know, I don't want to put words in anyone's mouth, but for most of the hardcores like us we have this you know and if people need it that's great you know more casual fans want to get a new collection that's fine uh labels have done this since day one Jimi hendrix has i think three albums of original material and a billion you know special edition greatest hits packages that's what this is and i'm not saying it's a good thing i'm not saying it's a bad thing i'm just saying it's not something that i need because i already have it yeah, I kind of agree. I mean, this is not for me, but uh, it's for the casual fan or a person who wants to get into print. This is actually a good primer for a new Prince fan. 
Like yeah. it's essentially got all the songs you've probably heard and a lot of the other ones you may have kind of heard or didn't know. And it's a good opener to say, okay, let me go get these albums that these songs are. Because I believe most of these songs are the edited version or the single versions of songs. They're not the full-on, you know, song. Like, 1999 is not the full song. Alphabet Street is only two minutes on this thing. So I know that ain't the full uh, track. But it's a good primer. Uh, Moonbeam Levels is just a little carrot. You know, like, oh, okay. Here's those, here's an unreleased track, you know, which I think is an excellent song. Uh, and for me, I'll, I'll stream that, right? I'll, I'll pull it up on Google Play. I'm like, cool, let me add that song to my playlist. And I'm straight. Uh, the booklet, again, that to me, I don't buy booklets or pictures. I can see any picture I want online. But I can respect for a completist or a collector. You go ahead and buy it. But, I mean, there were a ton of Prince tribute magazines that came out. You know, shortly after his passing, they had a ton of pictures. Uh, but so I'm not mad at this uh, because I got into Sly Stone by buying one of his greatest hits. And he's had a ton of them. Uh, you think even one last year, which I thought was a good one. But, you know, this is where Prince is at this point. You know, he I mean, this was how Prince was when he was alive. They had a greatest hits when he was alive. And when he was still well within putting albums out, you know, they had the hits and B-sides, which I think is actually even better than this. Yeah. Because at least that one, you got B-sides, songs that were hard to find for some people, and you got them in CD quality. So if anything, I would say if you really want to get a primer, go get that, because it's got a lot of, it's got all this and more on it. But, you know, it is what it is. This is for the holiday. As you said, Aunt Pooh, this is for Black Friday and for Christmas shoppers. That's why it's put out at this time. So, you know, it's, it is a business. Uh, so. And it's got all these short versions. I'm looking at it now. Yeah. Man, I ain't with it at all. Yeah, no, this is not for us. This, you know, this is, no. This is for the holiday shopper. Prince just passed. Let's remember him. Oh, I remember all those songs. Yeah, let's get this, you know. Uh, and it is what it is. You know, also, these days and times, again, people are not buying albums anyway like they used to. So, you know, I hope it does well for them, but I would imagine most people are probably going to pull this up on, you know, Spotify or iTunes or whatever they, you know, their streaming thing and, and get it that way. Um, so there you go, man. But uh, yeah, Prince Forever. Next week, uh, 22nd, uh, I'll listen to Moonbeams and keep it pushing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't. I don't want us to go off on a tangent, but there's an excellent article on Medium.com where they uh, prints the vault to ten things that should and shouldn't happen, and they actually outline some really great ideas what to do with all of that music and how to uh, respect Prince and Prince's wishes. Because again, he he was a different kind of cat. Some would say to the detriment of his own success with uh, how he was so guarded with his music. Yeah, one of the ideas that I really like was to do these anthology releases of music from different periods uh, of his musical career. So that way it's not, OK, we're going to grab songs from the uh, Dirty Mind era, the era that didn't get put on and from the Around the World of the Day and from the Sign of the Time. And here, here's a new Vault album. But actually put some thought and care into these albums and put, and group them together from when they were made so you can actually get a sense of 
um, the, uh, where he was creatively and what he was trying to put together and probably and take a listen to what he thought wasn't good enough to be on certain albums. And I like that idea and wish somebody that, you know, I, I, I yes, I get it. It's a business, but it's like I really wish somebody would just step forward in that camp and say, yo, this man puts so many of us on. Let's respect who he was and what he would have done, how he would have done things, which I guess if that's the case, he probably would be releasing none of these vault songs, but it is what it is. And let's let's try to do this, do right by him. I know that sounds crazy and foolish, but hey, a brother can drink, right? Yeah, you can. <laughs> and this is on medium.com? Yeah, it'll be up on the Podcast Juice uh, Facebook page in about an hour. Yeah, I want to read that. Free plug. Yeah, quick, you just... Quick, uh, quick side note. Go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. Well, I need, I'm going to let you say your thing first. Go ahead. Uh, okay, real quick. I've been watching on PBS uh, this documentary called Soundbreaking about you know music production. Mm. And they've been talking about engineers and pro- producers of all kinds of music throughout the years. And you mentioned Sly Stone. I did not know that Sly, on his... You know, world-class, legendary, iconic, riot going on album. Mm-hmm. He he played everything on that because him, him and the band weren't getting along. I didn't know that. Yeah, he had a few guests on there. Um, gosh, I can't think of what's that going. Ah, now I can't think of the, my man's name. He got the big kind of perm. He was a piano kind of player, dude. Big smile, black dude. Fast Domino. Nah, he's a piano players is this on going in circles oh billy preston billy preston plays on a few of those tracks too i did not know and that i think either. i, I want to somebody can correct me but i want to say miles walked in one of those it was they were recorded in his house oh i got to have this. and that house was a unfortunately it was a drug den of madness what a minute. The hell? somebody's playing something seemed like just bogarted my machine <laughs> i don't know how they did that but yeah, that album, man, I, and there's a book on Sly read years ago that talks about that making of that album, how they had to patchwork that album together because it was just that place, that his house was was madness, man. It was madness. That's why he sounds so crazy. He was out of his mind. <laughs> yeah, Sly was pretty wild back in the day. But um, real quick, uh, touching on the respect and, and doing his wishes type of thing, um, I got the opportunity to speak to a gentleman who worked at Paisley Park recently to help them get it up to running and uh, I'm being very careful with some of the stuff because I don't want to put him on blast per se yet but dude really told me about what was going on in there and what the mindset of the people who run that place and who own it and all that kind of stuff I mean when I say own it who's in charge of it like Graceland and different things and I will say this, for us, the fans, they really do care about what they're doing and they're working their ass off to make it better and great. And they got a lot of shit in store. Uh, so because I was asking them some very pointed questions, I was like, that, that guy who walked out with the shirt hanging off, you know, that press conference. When they oh, that off, dude. I was like, who, the, who was this cat, man? Like, what the fuck? You know. And it, they, you know, get, kept it 100. And I, I, I respect that dude. I'm, I said, like, okay, I understand. I will say this. That dude really uh, cares and is nervous and wants to make this thing 
what it should be for prints, like for the culture. They is doing it for paper, but it definitely is invested and the people they got in there are definitely invested. And they do have uh, people who was in Prince's camp are in there or were in there, whatever point, to make sure that this thing is done with respect. Um, so know that. Uh, so I will be going to this to check it out. Uh, I hope that they have an opportunity to release the stuff that's in there because some of the stuff he told me about was in there was head busting. Uh, man, Prince had a lot of shit. We always talk. I'll say this: we always talk about Prince was recording, like he would record everything. We just kind of say that, but no, my man really <laughs> recorded everything. Like they really got all that stuff in there. I think he was in the Rolling Stone interview at some point where they talked about a wall. There was a, another wall in a room that some people didn't know about. Yeah, yeah. My man said he went in there. Load them tapes up. <laughs> I want to watch this. What is this? Oh shit! What and just like this two minutes. You'd have to be in there for months, like just just to catalog all that shit that was in there. It was it was ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, man, we, we're gonna get that dude on the show. We're just trying to get the okay to spill the beans. But man, Paisley Park is hot. We we we're going there. So y'all gotta go. And they're going to have some shit for us. Uh, we we got to go there on Prince's birthday. They got some shit for us. Last thing we'll wait, talk wait, about. Is that official? I'm just throwing that out there. I ain't here. Hold Man, no, you can't, nah, <laughs> save you your can't. money. I just said save your money. <laughs> Get ready. Can't be teasing us like that. Get Man, your money pause. ready. Get your money ready. Uh, also, though, we got to talk about this. Uh, 20, is it 20 years ago today? 20. 20 years ago today. Uh, uh, Tony, 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 album, Tony, Tony, Tony album came out, but uh, the other uh, album that came out <laughs> was Emancipation, Prince. Emancipation, was this the album he was born to make as they build it at that time? Three CD set, each album an hour long. And his first album off of Warner Brothers, he partnered up with what, EMI and put this thing out. Uh, at the time when this album came out, I dug it, and there was parts that I dug, but I wasn't a hundred percent in love with it because I don't know for some reason I was expecting something else, just because of the hype of it and what I knew it, what that album meant and means in terms of being free. But I will say this: in 2016, that album is amazing. Like, there's so much different styles and shit going on and to be able to do three hours of music and each disc can stand on its own is a testament to his genius because no not too many cats could do that where you would be bored and just, eh, this shit is tired or it'd be full of skits or stupid shit those are all solid songs like so I tip my hat to Emancipation man we, we uh, at my job that's one of the we have a few Prince albums in our lineup of CDs, and that's the one that always gets played. The new younger cats, they be on that one. They like, yo, can I borrow this joint and play that? Uh, yeah, okay. So I tip my hat to Emancipation. It was for me, it was ahead of its time. It's definitely a '90s sort of thing, but 
he did his thing on that. So that's my opinion about it. Uh, and Pooh, man, what do you think or remember about the emancipation? Uh, actually, I don't, I don't remember much about it. Uh, that's this was my point where I just started uh, college, and I was heavy into hip hop, Biggie versus Tupac, and all that other stuff. And at this point, Prince had fell off my radar. I had heard, you know, I, I heard previously, you know, the whole fight with Warner Brothers, the slave, and all that. And I had heard about an Emancipation CD, but at the time. I didn't pick it up. I ended up uh, diving into this, I'd say, around 2002 when I officially became a Prince convert, so to speak. <laughs> and it's too much music. Which I know that saying, how can a Prince neophyte like myself, no psychophant, so to speak, can say that, but it's just way too much music. Um I definitely was a sign of the times. People might can say that, you know, that's that's big. But for me, I can breeze through that. But this is just too much. And there's just the the great songs on here. I don't mean to be too negative on it because there really are some gems on here. But that you have to dig deep into them to find them. Uh, the best to me, the best song on here is actually uh uh, it was on the the Holy River uh, single, the uh, Somebody Somebody Live version, which to me, I love that, love 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 it. But if 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 I can't be that, then it's got to be um, in this bed I scream. Which you know, when I first heard it, I thought, God damn, I, I like that. You know, there's that synth, I think at the breakdown. But then when I find out that it's inspired about his relationship with Wendy and Lisa, it's like, oh, I get that. But Again, there's some good stuff in there, but you really have to dig in there to find it. And it's for me, it's just too much music. All right. Big Sexy and Sack. <clears throat> All right. I remember when this came out. I was in, in grad school. Uh, this was, as I had said, after his beef with Warner's, public beef. And I was full of things like um, the Interactive Night bootleg CD, where he was doing a lot of... Uh, things on that like interactive uh things like that so i'm thinking you know what do we got coming up here and i heard it was going to be released at midnight at virgin superstore i book on over there and i was a little disappointed in the release turnout because the whole line of people there maybe three of us were there for emancipation everyone else was there for smashing pumpkins uh, infinite sadness and melancholy, whatever the fuck. They're there for that. I'm like, eh, whatever, that's cool, that's cool. But I got it home, and I I can agree with Ant in a sense of that it is a lot of music to digest. But this is his first true unfettered artistic vision, too. This is what he wanted to do. Because if you think about the Sign of the Times, that was originally going to be Crystal Ball, and the label said, oh, no, that's too much. Cut it down. So he cut it from three to two. Now, this could have been cut from three to two. But like I said, there's so many great things in here. You know, um, face down, different stylis stylistically, new world, one kiss at a time, curious child. In fact, one kiss at a time. Oh, yes. That was in the Max CD rotation back in the day. <laughs> Couldn't tell me. Yeah, cosine one kiss at a time. <laughs> That that that's classic ninety R and B. It reminds me of what was the name of the song? Uh, Last night when I was uh, Mike. I know you know that song. Um, 
it was it as is who did that but that's classic 90s but he does it and just flipped it and made it even better yeah man. there was so much there man and uh you know white mansion get your groove on and then i remember the day they had the uh emancipation concert from oh, paisley right, right and i jumped in the car and scorched home from school i'm like yes i'm not missing this and I think BET showed it. And I think VH1 showed it too at the same time. Yeah. And the only thing I didn't like was that blue jacket he had. I'm like, the fuck is he wearing? Ah, whatever. But they got the, you know, the band was on point. Yeah. And it was funny though, the way it was lit, the soundstage at Paisley was lit. It looked like, and I'm going to date myself, it looked like an episode of the Mike Douglas show from the 70s. <laughs> so the way it was lit up, I'm like, they could have done a little better with that. But it was great though. It was a, it was a great show. Yeah, you just, uh, oh, go ahead, man. And one, one last thing, milestone. So sanctuary, it was our wedding song. Oh no way! There you go, man. Cool. Yeah, she heard it. I said it had to be a Prince song. She heard it and was like, "That's it." I was like, "Okay." Yeah, I mean, and that, thus being P Whip had begun. That album's got so many joints on it, man. There's so because a lot of them songs I wasn't initially really into. But I, over the years, I would still keep playing it, and I would, then all of a sudden, this song became my favorite. And that's, I was like, I wasn't even feeling that song. I could never really hear it right. But I mean, actually, just a couple weeks ago, I was really been, and I didn't hate it. This song, but what's that song? Da 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 da, or something. The song called Da 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 or something like that. Yeah, that's the one. I'm like, I'm bumping that now. <laughs> like, it's hilarious to me. It's just funny. It's just funny to me. Like. I used to think that song was like a jokey kind of funny, but now I'm like it kind of is, but it's dope because I can hear what just then what the imagination is or something. Then you say loving one another is the only way. It's like it's still kind of filthy to what he's doing. So it's just a lot of joints on there. What's the song on there that's the cover of that one white girl song? I can't make one of us. One of us. One that of was us. dope. Like, to me, he flipped that and took that joint like, yo, let me show you how to do this song properly. <laughs> you know? I was like, okay, that's his now. Like, he he took that. I thought that was filthy. Uh, it still sounds dope. Uh, yeah, the live version of that is even better. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a face down. Uh, remember when he came out with... Uh, Chris Rock. Well, no, I mean, the, the, cassette, show, the cassette single or whatever. Oh, damn. The live version. <laughs> That you had to call, yeah. you know, had to call one eight hundred new funk to order. That was fire when that dropped. I was like, that's what made me like this. I actually didn't like the song originally that was on the album. I just thought it was corn. I was like, what is this? When they did that live version, and I could really hear what he was doing. I was like, oh man, this dude is nuts. Like, and it was filthy. I was like, okay, I was slipping. But you know, you you, you hit the nail on one thing you said, uh, and there's so much material on this album, and I. Uh, you know, you have to record all this stuff to get it out and whatever. But I think if he would have taken the time to really sort of marinate some of those songs, you can hear how they were even way doper. Like somebody, somebody is a great example. Like, yeah, on record, it's sort of into the 90s hip, uh, 90s R&B sort of mold and still funky. But that live version, when they play it with the real drums, then it becomes this. R&B, funk, 
almost, you know, with a little bit of a rock thing. Then it becomes a whole other thing. It's like, okay, this is some shit, you know, with the guitar solo and everything. Same with Face Down. Face Down on the album is one thing, but when they used to play that live, get out of here, you know. It's over. It was like they pulled out the bass and it was over. It was okay. You know, so a lot of them songs, I think if he would have sat with them a little bit more, they would have even been like, it'd have been all over, man. It was like, okay. But a great album. It's definitely uh, one of the ones I say you you have to kind of have just for what it means. And there are some dope ass songs on here. And I think the packaging of it was dope too. Like, I really liked that whole with the book and the pictures and stuff and you know oh, but that album cover though i, I like that album cover i love it. Uh, this is a message i stole the cover i stole that cover from when i graduated law school and used it for my uh, party invitations i'm sorry that looked like Break a low, chains, man. Low, to me that looked like somebody uh emailed the low res version of it and it's like oh okay i guess this is what we're gonna print out because i'm sorry that just he could have did better than that i love the symbolism of it the hands and the chains snapping. No, I, I get that, but it's just the uh, it it looks low res, like it needed uh-huh. to be a little bit cleaner. Yeah, possibly. Actually, yeah, there is yeah. there is a there's a new Prince book. I think it may be a Barnes and Noble's exclusive book. It's a big hardcover book, and uh, I was looking through it the other day. And in that book, there's a picture of I guess Prince's original. Uh, one copy of Emancipation, I believe, and it was a one CD thing at the time, but it has like the original art, which is actually the picture that may be on the back of the CD or it's in the booklet where he's got a profile picture of him and he's kind of got like part of his head shaved or something. I don't know if you remember that picture that's in that booklet, but that was the cover. And it has the track listing where it looked like he wrote by hand but it's it's a cd like somebody has that cd and took a picture or that picture was from taken at that time but it's in this new prince book uh, at barnes and noble it's pretty interesting if you look at it because the songs are different some of the same songs and a couple of songs i've never heard of before to this day are on that track listing but uh, if you definitely if you're looking for a new prince picture book uh go to barnes and nobles they got it in there i think it's 1999 matter of fact wow yeah, I, 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 I can't remember the title of it. You probably can look it up. It's called like chapter and verse or something like that. So it goes throughout the years of Prince. But, so uh, question, why do you think this album didn't do better? Uh, uh, do you think it was just the case that um, uh, he might have been blacklisted or blackballed because I don't think of it was Warner Brothers thing? I don't think it was blackballed, but I don't think he had the uh, promotion structure behind him to push it, though. Yeah, I kind of agree. It was, I mean, he was out there. This is the first time you saw him actually get out there and promote a record. So I think, I wouldn't say he was blackballed at all because I think people, if Prince says, hey, I want to come on your show, they're like, hell yeah. Like, and he was on every show. Like, he was on Oprah, for God's sakes. But radio promotion, though, you know, well, what you was know, that like? Actually, you remember Prince himself was calling those radio stations and doing those interviews. I don't know if you remember that, right? He was calling on radio shows himself. And was on, hey, we got Prince on the phone. That's what I'm saying. It's the first time he ever did radio well no what I, what I mean was is like I didn't I, I think maybe Betcha by Golly Wild was like the only song I knew that was played on the radio at least in Los Angeles area well, it was only single and I say again because oh, that was the single but I'm saying that was the only song like I know that he released the Holy River and you they, they're saying uh, Face Down was re- well released as a promo and I'm like 
why weren't there more songs put on the radio? Uh, oh, right, right. Well, I, yeah. I, I don't think those songs work <laughs> like, in terms of like, he's not, again, this was when R. Kelly and all that stuff was really hidden. Okay, I, One Kiss at a Time is a single. Right, but they didn't release it as a single. That's what I don't think on his I, part. Right, that's what I think the songs they put out or he chose, they weren't like, those aren't going to work for if you're trying to get radio spins. Uh, will the will the radio let you come on and talk? Of course, you're a prince. Like we're going to have you on, but they're not going to pump face down on the radio. Or I don't even think they they may have played somebody somebody a little bit possibly. That was more of an R and B thing. But I you know I think too. I like I remember when he came here. He, he toured with that album. It was a big tour. And it was the local radio station that um, promoted that thing heavy uh, when he came out here. It wasn't the main top 40 station, but it was sort of like the other sort of R&B station. But again, I think his Prince, uh, I don't think his albums were top sellers at that point anyway. Like, you know, And it was a triple CD, so I was like, well, it's a lot of money, man. You know, if I can just go buy the next rap joint. But you know, yeah, that's a good point. He hadn't been selling a lot of records anyway, so I, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting it to be a top seller. Uh, but you know, it was his, it was his opportunity to really get out there, and he did. You know, he was on all different shows. Uh, wasn't that the year he did the thing with Brian Gumble, or was that after that? I can't remember. Where he dressed up as Brian Gumble? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Today Show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was really. I need a lot. He did a lot of interviews. Uh, at that time, of course, again, the, the big Oprah thing I thought was really dope. And the tour was successful. And then you learn he did all of that while his wife was was dealing with him and his wife were dealing with the death of a child. Yeah. yeah tragic. Definitely tragic. Well, this got sad. Yeah, but you know what? He, he, he handled it in his own way. Like, I will tip my hat to say he never showed any sort of weakness. Even when Oprah asked him direct questions, he was just, like, you know, hey, we we dealing with it. He's he's everything's all right. I, I kind of I was I was like, okay, you know, that's how he wants to rock with it. That's how I rock with it. You know, so, okay, yeah. Well, you know, Prince was never one of those uh, open up and tell all publicly cats. Right. Never. Right. Yeah, he did his thing, man. So, yeah, Emancipation. Definitely go check that out. 20 years. Uh, as I was jokingly saying, but it was 100% true. Uh, Tony, 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 House of Music came out that same day. I was one of those people uh, at Tower Records at midnight. I picked up both of them joints. I was like, nah, I'll take that one, too. And uh, that was that was good old days when you just got solid albums. You just, I mean, I mean I'm trying to go through Emancipation and I'm rocking House of Music. That's a lot of dope music, man. It's like, okay, yeah. It's good times. All right. Uh, lastly, before we get out of here, this one a little longer than I thought, but let me throw this last one in. Speaking of good music, in my opinion, uh, I kind of slept on this cat a little bit. I know who he was. He got hit songs after Yahoo. I've seen some concert footage of him. I was super impressed when I would watch bits of his concerts because I was like, man, this dude is playing instruments, jamming, and singing. But I'm talking about Bruno Mars. Uh, Bruno Mars' new album just came out the other day. Uh, 
was it 24 24k magic yep i'm like i gotta say I, i'm impressed like I, i've been i listened to this album about four or five times now in the last 24 hours and he's got some good shit on there it's a it's a i guess a throwback to 80s and 90s like r&b for the most part and uh, as a guy who was around from that time this is made for me, man. I'm like, I can actually, bl- I'll bump this. Like, I'll, you know, these are real songs to me, R&B joints. They remind me a lot of Bobby, Teddy Riley, uh, Black Street, uh, a little bit of Mint Condition uh, in there. It's funny, when you listen to these songs, you can hear the little pieces that he's been, he's pulling from different places. I think uh, Ampu even mentioned Gregory Abbott shake you down i do i can hear that in there uh i just found out today i think the last song in the album was actually caught written by babyface so it's a solid a solid album man i tip my hat to the young man he's doing the damn thing uh he he produced this stuff himself playing the music writing that's all i asked for and it should be dope so psh, he he's the guy right now for me uh, did you have you guys heard this record yet I have heard it, and it's like you said, there's a lot of uh, throwback to uh, New Jack Swing there. There's a lot, and a lot of R&B, and I'm not saying he's ripping off anything by any stretch, but you can definitely hear the influences there, definitely. It sounds like, I'm wait, I think it was you who said, uh, you just want to hear Teddy, Teddy Riley come out and say, yep, yep, <laughs> yeah, because <clears throat> there's a lot of that in there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, what'd you think about no, it? Bruno's no joke, man. The guy can play. Yeah, he. I got ha- I got halfway through the album before I had. I got distracted. Um, yeah, I, I'm feeling some of the stuff. There's there's a, a couple of corny songs in there where you're like, "Whoa, what is this?" But uh, like chunky, but like the Versace on the floor. I like it, and that's what I like. There's some uh, some old school uh, ballads, and I'm like, <sighs> you know. You don't want to get that man props, but we, see, this, this is how you pay homage, homage, whatever, uh, to to past music by by actually making original pieces of content. And I'm I'm feeling it, you know. I, yeah, that dude knows how to write a song and knows how to perform and knows how to put out some good music. See, that's the key. He's a mu- musician who can perform because I I had heard his name a few times, but I never saw him until. Grammys, I think 2013, where he did Runaway Baby and stole the show. I'm like, who is this dude? And I watched his performance. I'm like, okay, let's keep an eye on this cat. I was really impressed by that, and that just caught my attention. Yeah, man. I, yeah, like I said, I, it, and it's funny because for a lot of people, and I was one of them, there was something corny about him. Like, I thought it was corny because he had very catchy pop songs that are very big over the last few years and, and they're undeniable like I'm like I can't deny when I, I I was like I've heard this song so many times I didn't associate it with him per se because I didn't see the videos but then when I realized it was him I was like oh okay but I was like I've heard this shit so more I you hear it so much in so many other forms it comes off as corny and it's like ah this shit is corny but then when I really sat back and listened I was like dude knows how to write some pop material. I mean, you can't. Just, you don't stumble on that type of shit. You either gotta know what the fuck you're doing, or know your craft to do that. So I, I was like, this dude's a master songwriter. I mean, I care for these songs per se, but I was like, I rec- I respect the talent. And actually, when I was in uh, Minnesota, when I went to Paisley Park, 
I was with my buddy Tobias. And he was like, yo, man, you up on Bruno. I was like, ah, you know, kind of stuff. I was like, you know, I don't fuck with that, man. <laughs> and he and he, and he you know, me and him really got very similar sort of taste. So he knows, like, I'm like, I ain't with no foolishness. And he's like, yo, man, let me play you this shit. Like, just listen. Give it a second. So he put that in the car. And I was like, this is Bruno Mars? I was like, this is cold. I was like, this is kind of filthy. And he's like, yeah, man, I've been feeling this cat. And he st- I started, so I was listening. I was like, okay. This is kind of dope. Like, I didn't know it was like this because I just knew it was on you here in the media. And I and I would listen to a couple of those songs. And so I kept them on my radar and then I would search them out on YouTube. I said, I want to see what he's like live. And I pulled up some of his concerts. I was like, oh, whoa, this guy is a problem. Because I don't know if you've seen his, his like real concert footage. Yeah, boy can play. They go, yeah, he doing his thing. He doing the damn thing. I was like, okay, this cat playing the guitar. They're actually jamming. They got the dance dances popping with the band and everything. I was like, yeah, he's a problem. I said, let him fuck around him and find a smash, you know, joint. And then here he comes the Uptown Funk thing. Say what you will. I mean, that song was a monster. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, okay, yeah. And now he done dropped this one, which is a more... I actually think this is... I'll be curious how this one does, because it's not like the super catchy pop stuff. It's more the R&B. It's all the throwbacks. So I'm very curious how this one does for him. I actually really like it, but I don't think it's super commercial. But we'll see. Like I was like, well, if a big dude like this can take the risk, and I guess he doesn't have to care. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah, I respect it. And I said when I listen to the, I'm listening to them songs, and you can hear them heavy bass, the heavy synth bass lines, like you're hearing a lot of that Teddy stuff. I'm like, oh, my man was actually really studying. Like you, he was a young kid when them songs was out, cause he was what like 31 or something like that. So he was a baby when them songs was banging. But he obviously must really respect and study that craft, because I'm like, I hear him playing it. Like he playing that shit, is that real heavy, you know, that kind of. I was like, okay, yeah, I see what you're doing, bro. <laughs> I hear you. I hear what you're doing, brother. So, yeah, I took my hat to him, man. Dude is, dude is uh, dope. He's coming to Seattle next year. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go check it out, man. Yeah, I saw his tour schedule for 2017. That man is going everywhere. He is yeah. not kidding around. He's going to get that money. He's the, he's, uh, I know my, my kids are up on it because he is the man of Hawaii. Let me tell you, because <laughs> like, he's from Hawaii like that. That's their guy. Like, he got that on lock. Forget about it. But so that's gonna be like Prince in Minnesota. Probably. Like, I mean, he if he I don't know if he got that big, but he definitely the man. Yeah, like he, you know, he's the man over there, boy. They love international. They love him. But he, I mean, they love him here too. I mean, he, he, doesn't he's done what the Super Bowl twice? Yep. I don't know who who's done that. Beyonce, but still. Oh, and yeah, one of them was with her. Right? Yeah, that's just so funny that they had uh, they brought in Green Day, right? And then it was like, nah, we got to get that uh, that mix that mud over here back up in here. No, they, they brought fire in fire in here. It was Coldplay, and they were god off. Oh. oh, yeah, actually, you that know tells what? you how bad they, I don't even know who they were. <laughs> Neither did I. They were uh, Bruno, terrible. Yeah, Bruno has an interview, a really good interview on Rolling Stone. He talks about that Super Bowl and like. The lead guy from Coldplay, I don't know his name, but he asked him, and Bruno was like, nah, man, I'm not, I already did that. You know what I'm saying? It, that shit looks corny. From You know, it would be corny for me to come up there, blah, 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 and, and do was like, but yeah, but if I get Beyonce, he's like, well, you go get Beyonce then, and maybe I'll, 
think about it. And sure enough, she was like, yeah, <laughs> let's do it. I like like <laughs> You go get Beyonce. And yeah, my, he said, my man said, we call her up right now. He's like, oh, hey, and uh, But you, you listen to him, man. I'm not, I'm not going to compare this guy to Prince. I'm going to compare him to himself. But when you listen to him, he's talking about, because he's making an album when they're doing this interview. And he said they did a lot of these songs. He's done like four or five versions of these songs that they have recorded. And he was like, yo, I didn't, I wasn't feeling this, the way this song, it was, you know, it was on a rock. One of those songs on this album was a, it was a rock song. And then he was like, nah, fuck that. I'm a, I'm a flip it. And he turns it into this R&B thing. I was like, so this dude is a real musician. Like he's sitting in the car coming out the studio and he ain't feeling it. And he just goes back in there and jumps on the guitar and, and switches it up. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm done. Yeah, he, come on, man. I was like, this, this dude is the real shit, man. But let me get off his nuts. <laughs> this is not the Bruno podcast but uh, you definitely go check him out alright we gotta get up out of here man but this is the Prince podcast so yo next week we got a new release let's all go listen to Moonbeam Levels and let's see how that studio version is it a studio version or is it a live version that's the real question oh is there a studio version of the song I can't remember shit I don't know all I remember is that live version from the uh, Purple Rain uh, concert that, you know, the Benefit concert is the one I always listen to. So I'll be curious to hear what a studio version of this song sounds like if it is or if it is some mixed version of that live uh, performance, which I wouldn't be mad at because that same concert has the versions of Purple Rain and all those other songs that we know are from that same concert. So we'll see. Um well, as we get out of here, as we always do, we let you know where you can find us online. Big Sexy and Sack, where can they find you? I can be found on Twitter under Big Sexy and Sack and Facebook under my civilian guise of Mark Wiggins. All right. And Pooh, where can they find you online, sir? Find me on Twitter and Instagram at Pooh. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, you can find us at, uh, excuse me, PrincePodcast.com. Also, PodcastJuice.net. You can find us on Twitter at Podcast Juice. And of course, look us up on Facebook, uh, Podcast Juice. With that, working on Hold it. it. Oh. Hold it. Ooh, whoa. We got a birthday we got to acknowledge. Go ahead. It is our, our brother, Big Ken. Today's oh, his day. It's his birthday. Okay. Shout out to Big Ken. Shout out Definitely. To- all right. All right. All right. Definitely. And uh, with that, oh, you know what? We didn't get a chance to say it, but man, we got to say rest in peace to uh, Sharon Jones. Wow. I heard that last night. Yeah, shocking, man. Shocking. Um, But with that said, work it like a job. Be blessed. We'll see you next time. Peace.